Well, thank you for returning. Today is a day God made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Shalom. Number 180823, A Year with the Church Fathers. The sick need your help, not just sympathy. Commodanius tells that we owe help, not just kind words to the sick who are in need. God himself will pay us back far more than our help costs us. If your brethren should be weak, I mean a poor man, do not go to visit him empty-handed. Do good in the sight of God. Pay your obedience in money. That will help him recover. Or, if he should die, then he will be refreshed, though he has nothing to pay you back with but the founder and creator of the world. Or, if you are too schemish or squeamish to go visit a poor sick man, then send him some money and something to help him recover. And in the same way, if your poor sister is ill, have your matrons bring her something to eat. God himself cries out, break your bread for the needy. You don't have to visit with words, just with help. It is wicked that your brother should be sick because he does not have enough to eat. He needs food and drink. Do not satisfy him with words. Look after people who are really weakened, who cannot look after themselves. Give something to them now. I pledge my word that God will give you back four times as much. Comedanius, Instruction 71. Do I know anyone who's suffering with illness and could use my help? Whose help and what help can I give? Closing prayer. Lord, you sent your apostles forth to heal all disease and sickness. Give me the strength to do your will and let me be an instrument of healing to the sick among your people. Through the year with Thomas Merton, presumptuous visionaries, the spiritual cataclysms that sometimes overtook some of the presumptuous visionaries of the desert are there to show the dangers of the lonely life, like bones whitening in the sand, the wisdom of the desert. Full reality, Love cannot come of emptiness. It is full of reality. Magnificat, the Gospel of the Lord, according to Matthew, chapter 19, verses 3 through 12. Some Pharisees apprehended Jesus and tested him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? And he said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made the male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined asunder, let man not separate. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, 
If that is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so. Some because they were made by so from, by, my, by others. Some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it, the gospel of the Lord. The meditation of the day joined in the love of God. In the gospels, Christ says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. This phrase is most often quoted in discussions of divorce, but here in this context, it is the fact that God has joined them together, which is crucial. It is considered by many to be very primitive to think that marriage and marriages are made in heaven, and yet there is a great metaphysical foundation underlying this assertion. It is God who has created each human being to be absolutely unique. The individual's personality is the invention of his love, and its development is the fruit of its response to his providential care. In a very real and not merely sentimental sense, it is true to say that we meet each other as walking towards us out of God's hands. He is presented to us by God as his creation, distorted by the human environment and his own faults, but nonetheless containing a splendid inner mystery. This glory may be hidden from the eyes of most people, but it is revealed to love and in love. Many say that love is blind, which is partially true in relationship, but some traits, but it is also possible to say that love alone is able to see in reference to the unique meaning and value of a person. Now we say that it is in love and through love that the lover sees. But since God is love, it is therefore equally meaningful to say that it is somehow in God that people come to love one another, whether they are conscious of it or not. Again, if we say that the light of God's love reveals the lovableness of each one's in the other's eyes, then we may recall that Christ is called by St. John, the light which came to enlighten all golden nuggets the little instruction book one two and three golden nugget number one inspired by jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 and 8 if the roots are deep and strong the tree needn't worry about the wind blessed is the man who trusts in the lord he will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Golden nugget number two, inspired by 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12. Character is much easier kept than recovered. In speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity show itself and yourself an example of those who believe. Golden nugget number three, inspired by 1 Peter, chapter four, verses eight. Faults are thick where love is thin, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Chesterson day by day, all I have to urge is that I dislike the big Whitley Shop.
and that I dislike socialism because it will, according to socialists, be so like that shop in its fulfillment, not its reversal. I do not object to socialism because it will revolutionize our commerce, but because it will leave it so horribly the same. What's wrong with the world? Reflection. It is not a rare occurrence, especially in our time, for parents to be responsible for the spiritual death of their children. Whenever a child has an aspiration for the spiritual life and asceticism, and the parent curtails this aspiration instead of encouraging it, such a parent becomes the murderer of his child. And such children, as a punishment to their parents, often run to the opposite side and become perverted. A boy named Luke, the nephew of St. John of Ryla, heard about his uncle and was drawn by the desire for the spiritual life. So he visited his uncle in the mountain. John received Luke with love and began to instruct and to strengthen him in asceticism. Then one day Luke's father appeared at John's cave and furiously began to scold the saint for keeping his son in that wilderness. John's words and counsels were to no avail. The father dragged the son home by force. On the way home, a serpent bit Luke and he died. The cruel father saw in this the punishment of God and repented, but it was all too late. He returned to John, mourning and condemning himself, but the saint said only to bury the child and to return from wherever he came. Quotes from St. Teresa, sufferings gladly borne for others convert more than sermons.